everybody. Welcome in to the hop round 82 with Gabe and Steven. That's us. We are very excited for you guys to be joining us again. Welcome to another great round of drinking. It's what we do. We drink craft beer. We have a good time. We talk about the beer. We talk about other things. And uh, we're so glad you're joining us on this great Thirsty Thursday to uh, kick off the drinking weekend, if you will. Uh, We got a really dope brewery out of good old Maryland, Joyhound Beer Co. Maryland, the land that is Mary. Gabe and I were there recently. I feel like we've uh, talked about that on the show before. Uh, We've done at least one of the breweries that we visited, Uh, but we're hitting another one. This is a smaller brewery that you likely haven't heard of. It is a brewery that's doing a lot of contract brewing right now. doesn't really have a space, a little bit more on the nomadic side, but we have two of their beers. And this is the kind of brewery we really love to feature because it's a brewery that we wouldn't have found necessarily without the show. So it's exciting for us. Hopefully it's exciting for you. If you live in the Maryland, D.C., you know, that kind of area, whatever that's called, that like not north, not south thing, you can get your hands on their beer. So uh, we got their hands on what I can only just we we got our hands on their beer and what I can only describe as some sort of like it was kind of like an indoor food court, but there were a bunch of them. Yeah, it was like um, if you're Indoor familiar ball. with like Quincy Market in Boston or sure. something of that nature, sort of one of those, you know, food halls with a lot of different places. And one of them was uh, actually it's what's behind me. If you're watching on YouTube, it was called Taps Filling Station. And it was yeah. a sort of restaurant that they have cans to go and you can sit there and have a beer, that kind of stuff. And so we said, hey, y'all got Joyhound? We said, and they said, yes, we do. This is our kind of spot. Boom. So if you're new, welcome in. We're glad you found us. We are the hop. We drink beer. We have fun. That's what Gabe said. That's what it is. You can find the show on YouTube if you want to watch us. As I alluded to, you can just search for the Hop of Craft Beer podcast. You can watch the show on there. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get podcasts. You can follow the show. Here's what I want you to do, though. And this is this is most of this we say every week. But here's what I really would like it. Pause the podcast right now, turn to the person in your nearest vicinity, and tell them about the show. That's really the greatest way to spread the word about our shows. Word of mouth. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell strangers in the grocery store. And if you're like on a treadmill right now and the closest person next to you is somebody else on a treadmill with their earplugs in, take their earphones still out. Just kindly hey. pull one headphone out and go, hi. Hey, doesn't working out suck? You want to think about beer? Do I have a show for you? I think it's incredible. We're on Instagram and Twitter at the HO Podcast. You can connect with the show over there. You can find us on Facebook and you can find us uh, via email. If you want to connect with the show, reach out, make suggestions, brewery suggestions, beer suggestions, requests, ciders, seltzers, wine, whiskey, mm. tequila, different things like that. Mm. You can send us an email, vhopod at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what breweries to hit up next. Let us know what breweries to repeat. Please connect with us on those social media sites. We've had a lot of fun uh, connecting with other accounts. Shout out to DocuSeries Live. If you're on YouTube, you can see a brand new poster that I have uh, from a uh, their recent episode. We joined into their uh, little quiz and we got some prizes. Check out our gram to see those prizes. This was one of them. Pumped. Uh, adding to my beer wall. 
Um, but definitely connect with us online. We love uh, reaching out to other people, whether you're another beer account or a, a podcast or, uh, you know, what have you. If you're a fan, uh, let us know. We are here for you. Oh, we have so much to do today. First, as always, we're going to dive into the news. Beer news. All right. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, not a name that comes up on our show very much, but he has introduced legislation this week that would decriminalize marijuana on a federal level. Not beer-related news, but it could be uh, for those CBD, THC drink companies, things like that. Stay tuned. Also... Boston Beer Company has teamed up with Beam Suntory for a long-term strategic partnership, and it's not clear entirely what that means, but it is centered around Boston Beer Company's Truly Seltzer and Jim Beam's Sousa Tequila, so you can look for those things to appear in the ready-to-drink space would be my guess. You know, look for Truly to appear in bottled spirits and for Sousa Tequila, some form of like canned cocktail with Sousa Tequila to show up. Not bad. Um, and then Kevin McGee out of Anderson Valley Brewing. This is some some news that broke earlier this week. He's relaunching a small brewery called Heldsburg Beer Company. It's like a satellite brewery off Anderson Valley. He used to run it. Then he started working for some other breweries. Now he's the CEO of Anderson Valley, as we discussed a few weeks ago. But he's relaunching this small satellite brewery. So more to come on that in the Kevin, future. my guy. Kevin Kevin's running two breweries at once right now. What a What's man. good, my guy? <laughs> What's good, my guy? That's dope. Yeah, looking out for that. Uh, love Anderson Valley. Oh, yeah. Um, and their Boontling language. They have their own language. It's a brewery Ball with their own language. Ball Harnan. <laughs> okay, our first story is the recipients of the Brew Diversity Scholarships out of Sacred Heart University. Now, when we did our Nebco episode, which was round 60, we mentioned Sacred Heart's Brew Science Program and their partnership with local breweries to develop scholarships for uh, for the program. So the, the program itself is a 22-credit program that teaches students about scientific brewing theory, ingredient and recipe design, sanitation and safety, brewing management, law, different things like that. NEBCO, New England Brewing Co., as well as now Athletic Brewing, have both developed scholarships to provide uh, full tuition for one recipient every year to one person of color. So it's designed to sort of increase diversity and inclusion in the craft beer space, which as we and many people have been talking about all year is sort of severely lacking. So if you want to hear more about the scholarship, go listen to round 60. I would highly recommend it. It was a good one. Um, we joined in on their uh, semi- seminar, their uh, live drinking event. It was and a brew with shoe thing to raise money for this, really. Yeah, was what it, it, was, so it was a lot a lot of fun. We learned a lot about the program. We drank dope beers. Um, and so what yeah, we're saying is the hop contributed to this scholarship. That's Damn what we're saying. <laughs> the Nebco recipient is Kareem Callen of Stamford, Connecticut. He co-owns Best Friends Lunch Brewery with his best friend. See what they See what they did there? A quote from Nebco's director of sales, Jamal Robinson, on Kareem. He said, he's already on the scene. He's a small black-owned business, and we're supporting him. We're helping him advance his career. When we talk about people of color getting a piece of the $83 billion economic impact that craft beer represents, this is exactly what we mean. So Kareem is, um, you know, a guy who's already in the industry, who's uh, now advancing his career, who's going to, to this program at Sacred Heart to just 
better himself and his brewery, which is dope. And then on the other end of the spectrum, athletics uh, scholarship went to Oren Ferris of Hartford, who is does not own a brewery, but he's just interested in brewing. He is currently the night manager at Hog River Brewing, which is in Hartford, Connecticut. And his passion is equally as strong as Kareem Callen's, right? So Athletics co-founder John Walker was interviewed about this, and he said, we know that he not only shares our passion for delicious craft beer, but also for entrepreneurship entrepreneurship, and building inclusive communities. Our hope is that this program continues to help him work towards his dream of one day starting his own company in the craft beer space. We can't wait to see what he comes up with. So Oren Ferris and Kareem Callen, two young up-and-coming brewers in Connecticut, which is a bonus for us. And we very much look forward to trying their beer in the future. Big ups. Big ups. Well Gents. done, gentlemen. I I mean, Steven, I guess we're going to have to go to the brewery now. Ugh. I know. We could go visit. We could go visit Best Friends Brewing, right? Yeah. That... Oh. What, there was they're open, lunch, I think. There was something involved with lunch, though. Best right? friends lunch, lunch brewing. brewing. Love me some lunch. We're coming, Kareem. <laughs> because I'm in New York, this makes sense for me to talk about this. The New York State Craft Beer Festival has concluded, and we've got some winners. Uh, this happened last week. The winners were unveiled from the festival, America's largest state-level beer competition, currently in its fifth year. This year, oh boy. 1,143 beers were entered from 182 breweries across 25 categories. Do we have the time to read each category? No. no. I mean, no, we, we do, do not. but like, we'll, we'll spare y'all because yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be We've good. read them on read our them. time. Uh, yeah, but it was a really, really great thing to see. It was run by the Raise a Glass Foundation, a Rochester-based nonprofit uh, with much of the proceeds benefiting Interval. It's a Rochester-based nonprofit that donates unused medical supplies to people around the world. What do we always say? Beer, doing good things for the community. Uh, the major winners included Grim Artisanal Ales, uh, the lesser-known Eli Fish Brewing out of Batavia. Yeah, I don't know where that is, but Let's go um, with it. sure. Uh, we had a, lot, a couple other honorable mentions that have been on the show that include Omegang, Threes Brewing, Gun Hill, Brooklyn Brewery, and Industrial Arts. And Grimm took home, I'm going to call it the big one, Brewery of the Year. It's like for the Oscars, best film. It's the last one. <laughs> yeah, that gets a uh, that uh, that gets a mic. Boom. Bang! Exclamation point! Grim artisanal ales around uh, twenty four was yeah. when we did them. So that's we had uh, we had those big bottles too. That was a, yeah, that was a fun brewery. It's a long time ago. You can read the complete list of these. It's readily available. Feel free. I would like to just give pause and discuss yeah, Eli Fish's heavy give maple. You the floor to do it. Let's let's hear it. Yeah, because it won gold in the Governor's Cup, which technically by New York standards, makes it the best beer in New York State for the year. It's, quote, a crazy strong ale made with 100% maple sap instead of water. Now, I have talked about this on the show. We have addressed this. I hate this. I have never found a beer where I like it. So it it, it makes me question it. But one of the judges was quoted in uh, the article we were reading from, which is in the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle, and he said, when I first tried Eli Fish's winning heavy maple, I glanced across the table to see Jesse Perlmuter, 
from Seneca Lakes Pantomime Mixtures. So that's another brewery in New York. And I could instantly recognize that we were both floored by this 100% maple beer. I can honestly say I've never had anything quite like it. And that's a beer expert. And I, yeah, that's kind of hard to argue because it's not just like some random jabroni they found on the side of the road. I mean, it's, it's him. I would do it. That's crazy. Eli Fish's Heavy Maple. So if you see it, if you can get it, let us know. Let we'll us know. Back. I mean, maybe the key to that 100% maple sap thing is just bump the ABV way up until it's balanced. I don't know. Yeah, and but, like, wasn't the other beers we had wasn't 100% maple, but like 85% milk? Was that it? I've had different versions of it, but I have had some where it's just like all maple sap, no water. And it's just like normally... That doesn't work very well. But sappy, sappy, joy, joy, sappy, 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 sappy joy, 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 joy. All right. Uh, <laughs> and finally for us, Sweetwater Brewing, just to bring it full circle to what I was saying before, Sweetwater Brewing is opening a facility in Colorado, and let's just call it what it is. Listen, Sweetwater's going to be doing weed, all right? That's what it is. <laughs> I, let's just call... Listen, we're talking about the brewery that has a 420 pale ale already and has forever. They're one of the biggest breweries yeah. in the country, and Sweetwater is now under the ownership of Apria, which is now actually called Tilray, which is a Canadian cannabis firm. Yes. Apria <laughs> is how some people sometimes pr- uh, uh, mispronounce Say my last name. name. I saw They're, that earlier and I was like, hey, it's me, kind of. Yeah, we talked about that when it happened. I remember that. But now it's known as Tilray, but it's a cannabis company that owns yeah. Sweetwater and they've been expanding westward and they're distributing Colorado and now... They're opening a tap room there and a big and, tap room and a nice one. And weed is legal there, which makes a lot of sense. But so, yeah. here's the thing. Like you were saying earlier, part of like the highlights. I mean, you know, if they're going to make these crazy concoctions, cannabis based, THC based, I mean, that's the place to do it, you know? Yeah, there's like some kind of weird law that like the cannabis itself has to be produced in the state where the drink is made or something. So it's like now mm. that Sweetwater's there where they can get the weed, they can make the drinks, cannabis-based company. All right. They're moving into a space that's formerly, formerly occupied by Canada's Red Truck Brewing. It's a 32,450 square foot space in Fort Collins, and it's going to be a production facility, a tap room, and a restaurant. They are also putting an outpost in the Denver airport, which is Not interesting. Bad. Apparently, a lot of breweries have been vying for that for years. Yeah, Sweetwater's you get doing on it. your plane, grab a 420 pale ale. That way you can just Best knock place for out. A brewery. <laughs> Seriously, and, if you're if you're like afraid to fly, like why not get a little loose oh, beforehand? I uh, I think uh, Stony Creek in Connecticut used to have one in the Bradley Airport, and I it's oh. the best place for a brewery. Um, they're going to do a massive renovation. They hope to have the facility complete with an outdoor beer garden open to the public by late fall and. Uh, the co-founder and CEO of the company, Freddie Bench, was interviewed about this, and he was just basically saying it makes sense because the whole original concept of Sweetwater was, and I'm quoting now, to create something that had no borders, live music, trout fishing, outdoors, environment, and ultimately, cannabis. So Bench said there's no state or part of the country that's really more in tune with what Sweetwater stands for than Colorado. Message received, Sweetwater. I was going to drink my beer, and then I got high. (laughs) (laughs) So it's coming. Well done, guys. Yeah, no. Hey, Colorado's dope. Another place we'll have to visit. I I am, like, all joking aside, I am interested in trying it just because, like, do you get high from it? Probably. I mean, 
I think it that would be a very like a different episode of the Hop. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would that would be something. Well, else, Gabe and I but... are going to drink these beers now, and we'll uh, turn the mics back on in two to four hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I toast us propose up. a toast. Baltimore, 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 Baltimore. Um, so I was reading some poetry today by uh, Kondwani Fidel. He is a writer and a poet and a Baltimore native who has been described as the unofficial kind of poet laureate of Baltimore, if you will. So this is his poem, Beneath the Shell, which was originally written for the city and aired on TV during the 2020 Super Bowl. I like to think of Baltimore as a crab. It's small, but it can be intimidating to an outsider, someone who isn't familiar with the inner and outer layers of the crab. It doesn't have fur like a puppy, but a hard shell. It doesn't have fluffy paws, but rather sharp claws. If you've never eaten a crab before, you won't know how by just looking at it. You have to sit at the table, listen to what people tell you, and follow. Once you learn to crack open the crab, you get hit with a blast of flavor. You discover all of the great things the crab has to offer. You now see why it brings families and friends together. All that goodness can happen only under one condition. You have to crack the crab open. And once again, that is Kondwani Fidel. Nice. And, and his poem it's for Baltimore. 100% accurate because uh, crab is very big in Baltimore, apparently. Yo, crab's big in Baltimore. Uh, we were looking left and right like, oh, wow, it's literally everywhere. We, it, was, it was on this trip that I learned why in the musical Hairspray they call her Baltimore Crabs. I didn't yeah. know... I thought they were just singing about a venereal disease or something. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know what that was about. She now got I do. crabs. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were singing about. But oh. yeah, I yeah, I had no idea either. So uh, crabs and beers in Baltimore, and uh, here we go, Joy Hound. Speaking of crabs, we're going to kick things off with the pincer, which is a Belgian pale ale. It comes in at 7.54% ABV. I love the specificity. Yeah, Joy Hound, thank you for that. I was about to say, I don't think I've ever seen another beer with a three-digit three digit. ABV. <laughs> That's interesting. It is... IBUs are at 29. Untapped has it at 3.67. We don't have a rating from Beer Advocate on this one because it is fairly new. The hops in here are Crystal and Centennial hops, and the brewery describes it as crisp, refreshing, and zesty. Quote, Pilsner malt, oats, wheat, and Indian coriander, which contributes fruity flavors, meld with our chosen dynamic Belgian yeast strain named after our Maryland blue crabs um it's interesting because it's a belgian pale ale just based off of the description i mean i guess the coriander i was like kind of expecting some sort of different style but i guess it does kind of make sense but um yeah very interesting 7.54 we're starting (laughs) off uh pretty up there so uh let's get into it it's a belgian pale ale so 
it's you know, typically Belgian beers are described as a Belgian wheat ale or something like that. This is described as a pale ale. So we'll see if it's got a little bit more hoppiness than we might expect or something like that. Um, but ultimately what this brewery seems to be going for in the beers, and we'll get into more of what they have, what they seem to be about is sort of classic styles. They're trying to nail down, they're nailing down a Belgian ale. They're nailing down an IPA. They're busting out a hazy IPA. They're trying to right. get the classics right. They're not yeah. doing funky things right now. Yeah, and I feel like because they are on the newer side, I mean, they don't have that sort of room yet, but they will. I mean, I feel, yeah. you know, every brewery at some point, it's like, let's get the, the, the go-tos out of the way, and then we'll start doing, uh, you know, the weird you know ingredients and stuff yeah and we made this beer with roses like i you can't you know. riff on the classics until you really understand them right isn't that right. what jazz is all about that's jazz right i think so, so yeah gotta get the fundamentals under you so that's what they're doing uh i am drinking out of a tiku glass gabe is drinking out of a pint glass classic pinty it's golden it's very golden hazy the brewery had the srm at two Steven no. has it around a four or a five. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's two is like yellow. This is like yeah. more, I would say this is more on the orange side. Um, but mine, I think mine is pretty see-through. Yeah. It's slight haze or like we like to say, sometimes it's more cloudy. cloudy like it's, yeah, it's definitely not clear. It's not a Pilsner, um, but it's pretty I mean, it seems like it's filtered. It doesn't seem unfiltered to me. Yeah, I would um, agree. Um, right off the nose, Belgian, Belgian, Belgian. Uh, a little oh, yeah. bit of that spiciness. The coriander hits hard. Um, uh, I don't know that I'm getting like that banana yet, but I'm definitely getting, you know, the yeasty esters. Um, a little citrusy, though. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of the banana. I'm definitely getting a little bit of citrus. I think it's... The yeast Lemon. is there and the wheat is there, but yeah, there's a there's a um a citrus quality to it, which I think maybe plays into the fact that it's a pale ale and not a wheat ale per se. Yeah. It did pour with a, a, a pretty good fizzy white head, but didn't have that much retention. It collapsed kind of quickly into Yeah, mine mine went away basically very, nothing. very quickly. Yeah. But um And it's pretty clean in the glass too. Yeah, it's it's like lemony, but it's bready. It's got a little bit of that maltiness to it. Um, I don't know that I'm getting a lot of hops off the smell, but I could be wrong. Well, I think that's where the citrusness is coming from. I mean, it's not piney or resiny or, no. um, you know, it's not biting. It's more fruity and earthy and floral, I think. Uh, again, it's crystal and centennial hops, so it's it's just a little bit more on the floral side. Um, what I will say is that this is the first beer they ever made. This beer was introduced in 2019, and this is their first ever beer. We got the OG beer. We got the OG. We got two of the. We got the two OGs here. Oh so, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Nice. Well. well I'm ready to drink. This is going to help uh, cure the little bit of sunburn I have left from this past week. So here we go. Cheers. I thought you were going to say it's going to cure a hangover or something. I was like, did you show no, up? No, I'm not hungover. Just a little sunburn. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. That's very nice. Spicy malt. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 
Belgian spice style is what I mean. I mean, the the it's very multi in the backbone, backbone, the back end, but it's it's like it's got like a kick to it in a way, and I think that's what comes when they say uh, Indian coriander. That that makes sense to me. Um, wow, it's 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 like things are happening. It's not just boring. It is zesty for sure as they said perfect word yeah i mean notes that come through immediately definitely the coriander definitely those belgian pickling spices you know that kind of thing black pepper comes through what's nice though is that the citrus is there the balance is really there and like you said in the back end it's like it's malty it's sweet it's kind of doughy almost um Mm -hmm. There's like a sweetbread thing going on. That's like it's yeah. uh it's like nice, the last thing you taste. Yeah, it's like a nice crackery thing that just uh balances out a lot more than a lot of times. Like a lot of times these Belgian beers can be so wheat heavy mm-hmm. that um they just sort of don't land for me. I, and I don't mean they're not good. I just mean they don't there's not a, a you're gravity. Not gonna go, you're not going to go back for a second one. They're floating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're like, they're clouds. They're like Richard Bronson in that spacecraft. They're like, they just don't, they're just a little weightless. All right. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, no, I I'm hear not, that. This I one, think I lost the metaphor. <laughs> this one's definitely crisp, refreshing, and zesty. Uh, oh, yeah. I would say doesn't really leave your mouth too thirsty. Um, I I think it's, it's, it's balanced pretty well. I... And getting a lot of yeast off the taste, rightfully so. Um, but it is it does have that floralness to it. Um and the oats that are in there give it a bit of creaminess in the mouthfeel, a little bit of like flakiness, which um is more a textural thing than a flavor thing. Uh but I do think it adds to that sort of yeah. what I was saying before about it being a little bit doughy. If you really think about it, whenever whenever an ABV starts with a seven, I'm sort of like, oh, okay, cool. But seven is really close to eight, and eight is a double IPA. So they're like this basically next door neighbors. They're basically like, yeah, they 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 pretty much yeah live in the same apartment. So yeah, so I mean, you know, anytime <laughs> I hear seven, I immediately think like, oh, that's gonna be a little up there just because yeah i feel like six for me is the cutoff like six percent it's like yeah i can handle this any day of the night any day of the night any day of the week but you know any day of the night i am the night (laughs) i'm batman this has already gone off the rails um hasn't it doesn't it always this is this is really good i don't want to i i don't want to gloss over how how good this is given that it's again it's a first. It's their first beer. Um, I don't know if they've changed the recipe since or if they've been perfecting it. I mean, they obviously are a much bigger company now than they were in 2019, just by virtue of the fact that they're canning, which they weren't doing originally. Yeah. So maybe they've you know perfected it over time. I don't know, but it's really well balanced. It leaves the mouth clean. It leaves you refreshed. It does everything they want it to do. I think that the yeast and the wheat is just enough to justify calling it the you know the giving it the belgian name that it has 
but I it's... think I think moving forward, anytime I hear Belgian wheat ale, this is what I want. It, you know, I don't always go for like a Belgian style or a wheat beer, and I feel like if I were to moving forward, I would want something, if not this, something very close to it because I think it's balanced really well and it really complements the style because I think a lot of other, not a lot, but there are some beers out there that's, oh, this is our Belgian. You try it and it's like, yeah, this is a little more of this, a little more of that, but this one's yeah, straight and shot. Belgian, I, I'm with you on that. Like a Belgian beer is just not the one I'm going to reach for off a tap list almost ever. But when one is put in front of me, I always enjoy it. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe we should dissect that a little bit at some point. Like what? Because what is this beer perfect for? I mean, summer, beach, boat. Um, uh, I could do this at the beach. Yeah. For sure. And having just spent a couple days there, I it's fresh in my mind. So I this this would be fine at the beach. 100%. Like it's, it's, it's light. It's refreshing. It's crisp. Um, I feel like it feels lighter than it is. Like in the mouth, it doesn't yeah. feel heavy, although it is seven point five. The can's got a freaking crab on it. Like where else are you gonna drink in this? In the Baltimore sunshine, it clearly it begs you're, to be drank on the. You're beach. not gonna you're not gonna drink this by a cozy fire <laughs> in winter. The brewery itself is a Maryland-based beer brand created by the Rotimi family. So their founder and president is Alfred Rotimi. He first became interested in brewing beer while he was in college studying psychology. He loved all the biochemistry involved. He loved the opportunities for experimentation. And it was sort of, you know, everybody falls in love with beer in college, but his was not beer pong. It was uh, something deeper. So <laughs> he thought while, about it more. So while he was studying neuroscience in a post-baccalaureate program at Tufts University, Bruh. he on the side, he on the side was pouring his passion into home brewing before then becoming an entrepreneur and establishing Joy Hound Brewing with his family in 2017. That, again, deserves <laughs> deserves a big up. I mean, you want to talk and about I, doing it all. And I thought I didn't have time on my hands. This, you, this man yeah. has showed me, yes, you do. <laughs> you want to talk about the entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, yeah. Mark Cuban would be proud. Um, Joy Hound beer. Their logo is incredible. For those of you on YouTube, it's oh, it's a little it's, dog. It's a dog, but his nose is a beer glass. Joy Hound. Their hope, uh, Alfred's hope, uh, from their website is that quote Joy Hound customers are able to experience his same joy for beer with every sip and can appreciate the polished finish that is achieved due to his experience as a bench scientist. The man's a genius. He's that that's we talk about this all the time. Brewing beer is a form of art, creativity mm -hmm. and science because you are mixing elements together and making something delicious that cures sadness. This is <laughs> Joy Hound will make you full of joy. It's perfect. And it's from a scientist. So we think you should drink it. They unfortunately don't have a legit space right now, but. As we mentioned at the top of the show, that little, I'm calling it a food court mall, <laughs> Quincy, the Quincy Market of Maryland, um, yeah. you can get the beer there, and I believe around the Baltimore area. I mean, I feel like I need to, to say where it was now. Um, it's like a market called, I'm gonna, I, I know what the name, the name of the restaurant, so what's behind me, 
what you're looking at is yeah. the Taps fill station. That's where we got the beer, and they are in a place that I'm going to find while Gabe talks about something Great. else. Uh, yeah, they're currently contract brewing. Um, they have they work with a bunch of other breweries in the Baltimore area, including Dewclaw, um, and the ones you know on the cans that they show. Um, they're they're trying to expand every single day. Obviously, you know, doing whatever they can. Um, in an interview with DeepBeer.com covering the 2019 Baltimore Craft Beer Festival, Ratimi was asked, "What makes your beer unique?" And he said, really, the thing that makes the beer unique is the brewer. We all have access to all these ingredients and processes, but it's about how we combine them that makes them unique. And that is absolutely 100% true um, based off of the brewery last week, Bibico, with the owner, you know, all of his recipes bringing them to the table. That's what uh, the Rotimi family did here. You know, they I love bring that yourself quotes. to it. That quote so much to me. I like I want that quote. I feel like that quote should like that should be like Tattooed on the archway. On I w- that's one way to go. Thoughts? I was gonna say it should be like at, on the archway, like you know, when you go to Vegas and there's that you know, you walk into that hotel and it says when this house is rocking, don't come in like it's got that quote. Yeah. I feel like this should be on the quote on the door of every brewery you walk into. Like the thing that makes the beer unique is the brewer. It's not the the Jim Beam commercial, we brewed this IPA with goat's milk. It's not any of that shit. It's it's the heart and soul of the brewer, and I love that this brewery was sort of founded on that principle. For the record, Taps Fill Station, if you're interested, is in the Mount Vernon Marketplace in Baltimore, which is also where Gabe and I had a really weird dining experience. Um, Hashtag kale salad. Um <laughs> Breaking news, you hear you heard it here first on the hop. We are now going to keep track of how many times and how many episodes in a row we mentioned the Jim Beam commercial. We're now on number three. <laughs> we are. Yeah. That's, it's well, fine, but we're gonna keep tallies now. <laughs> yeah, we we are not fans, and that commercial uh, this is this is the worst thing I have. Oh my god. Ew. Hey Jim Beam, what happened to Mila Kunish? That contract run out? She she quit. She made that movie. She quit. Glenn, she's in that movie with Glenn Close, plays a drug addict. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Her career taking off. <laughs> okay, Joyhound Brewing has more to offer. We have more beers to drink. Do you want to offer any final thoughts on this pincer Belgian-style pale ale? Not the Pokemon, but the beer. Uh, Besides the can artwork, which I know we're going to get to later, but it's very, very pretty. Gabe's excited. <laughs> Uh, really like it. Um, if you want a Belgian style, you want to go here. Grab this. Grab something like it. At seven, it's not seven point five percent. It's seven point five four. Yeah, it's really so great. It's, I really so enjoy it's nothing. it. If it was seven point five five, we'd be like, this is <sighs> heavy. But I we'd mean, we'd be on the floor. Seven point five four. I mean, t- water. Bring it on. Uh, really balanced well, with lots of different flavors. Really enjoyable. I suggest you drink one or several. Couldn't agree more. Uh, does all the things you love a Belgian to do, but also is grounded and uh, brings the sort of uh, a little bit more earthiness, a little bit more citrus that you would expect out of a pale ale. It's a nice sort of blend of both worlds. It's classic. It's true to the style. It's very approachable. I think so many different kinds of drinkers would really find a home with this beer. I even think my mother would like it, and she's exclusively sours. Like, I think... Sour yeah. people will like something in here. IPA lovers will like something in here. I think it's it really has something for everyone. So it's it's uh, again 
they're they're mastering the classics, and this is a really solid Belgian style pale ale. So when you're at the gym and you take your neighbor's headphone out to tell them about the hop, tell them about this beer as well. Yeah, they because we assume you're still there. At I the mean, gym. you've probably been on the treadmill for the past thirty five minutes. Don't put the weights down. Pick them back up. How bad do you want it? <laughs> All right. <laughs> the only workout you regret is the one you didn't do. All right, we. <laughs> We need another beer. We're going to get another beer now. All right. Beer number two. Here we go. Okay. Okay. We're going to the Oba IPA. The second beer in their lineup. They debuted this one, I think, in early 2020. It is an ABV of 7%. It's got 60 IBUs, so it's a classic, straightforward IPA. The uh, Untapped has it at 3.62. Beer Advocate does not have a rating yet now. I want to just read the hops that are in here just to give you an idea of the roller coaster, what we're about to deal with, all right? We got Columbus. We got Citra. We got Simcoe. We got El Dorado. We got Centennial. Or if you're reading directly from the can, we got Centennial. Oh, maybe that was on the other one. The other can says Centennial. Anyway. Centennial. It's it's Centen- another kind. It's very similar. That's anyway. on the Belgian one, but it, yeah, it's this hop centennial. It doesn't matter. The point is, we got we got <laughs> five hops. Fired. <laughs> <laughs> we have five hops in this IPA, and pumped. Ooh, buddy, yeah. It's um, it's the Oba IPA. I kind of just to play on words. I kind of just want to say OBA IPA, but it's the oh, Oba. I see what you did there. The ah. OBA. Uh, Oba is the title of the kings and emperors of Benin City, a well a city well known for its bronzes, which are richly detailed cast metal artwork, kind of like the can. If you're watching on YouTube, it's we it's, named it is the can. <laughs> yeah, we named this IPA Oba to celebrate the history of this kingdom and its art. I love that. That's so cool. It's so different. I, I love. Uh, I I believe it was. Montclair Brewery that did this. They they kind of based it off of location. I think it was Jamaica that they were yeah. kind of basing the location off of. So it, yeah, it's, Montclair it's, had that baobab fruit thing yeah, going yeah, on, yeah. which was really cool. But it was and very like we're doing this because in Jamaica, yada yada yada. Like I yeah. love that the connection there. Like so that's again, that's it goes dope. back to that idea of identity. Who are you as a brewer, and how can you bring that to your beer? Or your art, or anything you're doing, really. It's true of anybody that makes things. Like this one's, I would call this one hazy. This one is not see through at all. Yeah, it's hazier than the last one. It's definitely darker on the SRM chart. I would put this one in the seven category. I think. I was just about to say it's darker, but like by like one or two. It's not. It's yeah. like very similarly colored dark orange. Here, I'll even put them side by side. If you're watching on YouTube and you can see, we're dealing. I mean, the, the yeah. camera doesn't do justice to the color, but we're dealing with a little more golden in the Belgian, and this yeah. one's a little bit more dark amber. I am drinking out of a tulip glass. And a regular pint glass beer. Pint beer glass. I have the beer emoji. So head retention wise, it poured with a good, I would say, inch of sort of stringy white foam. It was sort of like, um, it wasn't like creamy. It was just a little bit more fizzier, but uh, it didn't retain that long. However, it's kind of receded into this like ring around the glass. And what is there is uh, holding, it's about mm, maybe half a thumbnail at this point. With a little lacing, not too much, but a little bit. Oh. And like Gabe said, it's hazy. We got an IPA. Take a whiff of that and tell me that's not an IPA. Very uh, hoppy of, of the 
off the smell first thing um i didn't really get much else off the first smell because of the first sniff just because i smelled those five hops five five of them one two three four five gabe we have a problem and the Uh problem is the problem is i think i'm really gonna like this the Um, problem is we only have one of each (laughs) yeah it's it's such a complex hop profile they're american hops strictly american hops and and they're very complex in their in their what they bring to the table the citra is bringing the grapefruit the orange and the tangerine the simcoe is bringing in earthiness and also a tropical mango guava thing the yeah. dankness is there the dankness is coming from probably the eldorado and or the centennial and or both there's just so many layers of like yeah there's pine there's resin there's bite there's booze there's also citrus there's also there's all of a, that stuff. There's a lot happening. Like, we're at a party, and there's just a lot going on. There's people playing beer pong in the back. Those people are having a deep conversation. Those people are playing some sort of board game. I don't know yeah. why they're choosing and now to play. going with that analogy, I would say that the hops are like, um, they're like standing on the island, like rousing up the party. Like they're like getting everybody pumped up. Yeah. And I would say the malt is maybe sitting on a couch, shy, uh, wearing some glasses. First party out. Not really like ready to play, <laughs> like doesn't really know how to co-mingle with the people because the malt is definitely hidden in the corner. It's there. Showed it up with came. a friend, doesn't know where the friend is, kind of just know sitting to... by themselves like, maybe I'll talk oh, to someone. A little uncomfy, but they're there. Yes, <laughs> that's the malt because I don't, I, it doesn't come through <laughs> as much on the nose. Gabe and I are tired. That's just the bottom line. There's a lot We're, going on. We, <laughs> yeah. I, we had long weekends at, but we showed up for work and that's what matters so we showed bear up with and, us. and here we are and we wanted to you know feature a great brewery and we're doing that but um oh yeah yeah i've been you know i've been sitting in the sun i think some... just our metaphor game has been stronger but you know what i think i prefer it this way if i'm being honest i think it's hilarious though because we're over here talking about a party the glasses bit really sealed it for me i don't know why that detail was necessary but now that i think about it it's like yeah no i see i see what person he's talking about yay i don't know let's drink it cheers game here we go yeah it's not gonna do anything sitting in the glass Ladies and gentlemen, the IPA has arrived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, yeah, IPA for sure. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if we were getting into a New England IPA or a sort of more West Coast style. I mean, they just describe it as an IPA, and as we know in today's day and age, that can mean so many different things, but. It's West Coast. I mean, that's what it is. It is a yes. little bit hazy in the glass. I was glass, just but... about to say, like, what do you think? And yeah, no, I agree. 100%. West Coast to 100%. Bite, 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 bite. I mean, all the hops are there, and they and the the bitter ones take over. I mean, there is a sweetness on the on the front. You know, definitely follows the nose. The citrus is there up front, but once it hits the back of your palate, it's resin, it's pine, it's dank. But it's flavorful at the same mm-hmm. time. I mean, it's it's got all the things you talked about earlier, the the citrus, the, the tangerine, the tropical. Like, it, it's not uh, that strong, to be honest. It's kind of, I feel like it's more of an accent rather than the main focus, but I think it works really well. I think it's 
Uh, I think IPA lovers, I, I don't know why you don't have one of these in your hand. In fact, I, I'm going to say this. Put the dumbbells down and pick up this beer. <laughs> You've worked out hard enough. You've been working out for 40-something-odd minutes. I think you're done for the day. Let's move on to drinking. If you can say nothing else about us here on The Hop, we commit to a bit. And when we, <laughs> and when we start it, we're going to stick with it. Wonder what we're going to do next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just... In the mouth, it's it's a little zingy, a little bit, um, but a lot of bite. It is a medium-bodied beer, I think, um, and what lingers is the bitterness. It leaves you, I guess, a little refreshed, um, but it's more... I was at the game last night, the Yankee game, and of course I was drinking a Goose Island IPA because they don't have any other options, yeah. and I would have killed for this. Like This is exactly oh, yeah. the kind of beer I wanted, you know? was like I wanted an IPA because they did have other things. They had, you know, some some blue point pinstripe pills, stuff like that. But yeah. I wanted an IPA and when I had the goose, it worked, but it's just not good. It and worked what, for a ball game. Yeah, but what what goose used to be pre Anheuser Busch days was a little bit more like this. It was like a cla- this is a classic IPA. It's 60 IBUs. That's bitter, but not overly bitter. It's not blowing you out of the water with resin like the like the resin from six point which is always my go-to for like sort of bitter beer it's seven percent and 60 ibus i think that you know ibus we've talked about them before but if you know for the uninitiated it's the um international bitterness unit it's kind of a flawed system but it does measure the amount of sort of chemical compounds that cause a beer to taste bitter so we kind of use it as a barometer for how bitter is the beer. And when you're dealing with an IPA, what you want in terms of like that classic West Coast style is you want the first number of the IBUs, right? So if you're dealing with 60, like six, you want that to be right around where the ABV is. This one happens to be 7% ABV. But if you've got like a beer that's like 6% ABV, 60 IBUs, that's classic. For sure. For sure. And if you have a New England, it's going to be less than that. And according to the brewery, this one is fragrantly hoppy. That it is. Um, that it is. I think it's great. Okay. I'll really take my like nerd it. cap back off for a second. But the point <laughs> is that uh, it's it's a classic IPA. It's just like it's it's an IPA that I don't think, you know, and I say this a lot about the West Coast style, I just don't think is being done that much now. I think it's hard to find an IPA like this. Yeah. This is this is like you know, we 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 tend to gravitate toward the West Coast style. I was at a brewery not two days ago, and one of the options I got, I got the West Coast. I mean, I just had to do it, and so I think it's 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 a very good West Coast. It's not like yeah, you know, they tried, they're doing what they can. No, they they got this one right, and for this to be one of the OGs. I, I I will say this to the brewery from the hop to you guys. Don't change anything. This is solid. This is it. You got it. Nail on yeah. the head. This is fantastic. Um, we check did mention the, <laughs> check mark. They don't have their own space right now. They don't. They you know they they're working on that. That's something they hope for in the future. This particular beer was brewed at PSA Brewery, which is uh, in Baltimore, and then they have uh, the the Belgium was brewed somewhere else, which is Oliver Brewing Company. So they do, you know, they've worked with Dewclaw. They brew with they contract brew at the moment, um, but they hope to have their own space in the future. 
Wow, I love this IPA so very, very much. It's just... They're magically delicious. It's just magically delicious. It's Why everything you want. is he here again? I thought because I chased him out with a broom. We haven't seen him in a few weeks. That's true. It's just such a perfect... Again, it's all about balance. That hop profile is so complex, and it's it makes yeah. it so much more interesting than if you just said, this is Citrus Simcoe Mosaic. This is, yeah. you know, Columbus Centennial Cascade. Like, it's so much more complex when you bring in those different hop styles and let them flourish in a beautiful bouquet. A party in your mouth. There you D- go. Don't take that out of context. Gabe? Yes. Are you ready for... Sometimes. Ameri- for, for what I'm going to say is America's favorite segment. Oh, thanks. They say don't judge a book by its cover. We're going to do that. <laughs> Can Art and Crafts. Yeah, let's judge the book. Let's judge the cover. The pincer, the Belgian pale ale. We've got a nice blue crab with a sunset behind it. It's very, very... Awesome. I mean, the, the the design is great. It's kind of cartoony, but it just tells you what it is. It's just got a giant crab. And uh, above all, I mean, the crab is great. It's fun, bright colors and all that. Yada, yada, yada. Let's talk about Joy, Han- Joy Hound Beer Company's logo that we mentioned earlier. It looks like a puppy. Joy Hound makes sense. But the nose is a beer glass, a beer chalice, if you will. It looks perfect. I I think it's a perfect representation of what good beer can be. And then we've got the Oba IPA and we've got the bronze statue with what looks to be some sort of jaguar or leopard eyes behind it. And my favorite animal is a tiger. So I love me them big cats. So I'm a huge fan of this. It's just it's got a lot of I can only describe it as it's got there. There's culture in this artwork, and that's what I really appreciate the most. I mean, we say it all the time as brewers: bring yourself to the beer, and this is 100% the correct way to do it. Uh, based off of the brewery, based off of the owner, based off of the story behind the Oba IPA and what they do, I, I think it's really great. You know, we we've got some good can artwork. The logo is great. I mean, there's just a lot going on. And a lot of things and, you know, you can kind of base the points off it. And you know what? You know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it in there. We got a 10 out of 10. Exclamation point. I mean, we just have to for so many reasons. The logo, the artwork, the beer. I mean, there's just a lot that I really love about it. Bob Ross is here. Bob Ross agrees. Hi, and that is another great edition of Can Arts and Crafts, baby. So we had the pincer first. That was around twenty, early 2019, like I said, or mid-2019. The OBA came out. Since then, they have been busy they've got uh they've gotten their beers in cans obviously because we're drinking them they have introduced a sour which is their jj sour which is a sour ale that kind of has uh, some lavender in it some sweet orange peel kind of made to be a sour that can be a bit approachable that people can enjoy they've got a couple of foggy 
options, quote unquote. They have yeah, their foggy I'm interested Chesapeake. In this foggy Harbor, double dry hopped, hazy pale ale, premium dry hop with El Dorado, and a secondary dry hop with Idaho 7 for fruity, hoppy flavor, 6%. And I'm interested in the foggy Chesapeake, which has Mandarina Bavaria hops, but it is their Dipa. Their uh, Dipa. Their New England Dipa, which has it's it's technically an IPA, but it has Indian coriander in it. I'm pretty sure it's technically an IPA. It'd be I'd looks be like an remiss IPA. If it wasn't, it seems yeah, like it one. But great. Indian yeah, coriander have, citrus peel. They don't have a tremendous amount of beers, but the beers they do. Have, I mean, we can speak for most of them with these two and uh, check mark all the way. I mean, you yes. have to try it and. Oh, yes, the, the J.J. Sour, 6.97%. Love it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I love that so much. I love the specificity. Yeah. They don't Listen, mess around. We highly encourage you, if you're anywhere near that middle chunk, north-south line, the D.C. Baltimore thing, uh, Delaware, get your hands on Joyhound Beer Company because it's, it's a company that I want to support because I can't wait to see what comes next i can't wait so to guys, see once they finally get their space i mean we would love to yeah. go see it phenomenal uh and with that it is time for us to close it out with one final segment last call we're just going to talk about the olympics because they start tomorrow technically and it is our favorite sporting event of the four years uh <laughs> they're not airing on espn at all but i don't have an, i don't have an nbc drop and that yeah. means sports yeah oh dude the olympics are so much fun we are Big supporters of the Olympics, of watching them. Um, I tell this story all the time to all of our friends, but there was one day, I kid you not, when Stephen and I were living together in New York, where I the Olympics were on, and I just threw them on, and I was just like, oh, it's like beach volleyball. It's this country and that country. Who cares? Whatever. I'll just watch it. Five minutes later, yeah. Stephen can testify to this. From down the stairs, he could hear me like, let's go! Like I just, it's we, so easy to get so into it because it's there. It, it just gets us hyped. It's listen. You don't have to care about the sport. Turn it on. Pick a team. Pick somebody to root for. Five minutes. Five minutes. You'll be into it. I promise. promise. First of all, for the first time ever, we have baseball in the Olympics. Now, baseball, as I've addressed on the Wait, show before, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, the MLB is not allowed to participate. But they are playing. They are playing baseball in the Olympics now. Baseball, Why? as I've every addressed, player is on steroids. Uh, the MLB won't let them, dude. They're like, they're like, you're busy, like you can't go, which is stupid because when they play basketball there, the basketball, the NBA players go. Well, like, it's, see, uh, okay. Well, here's the only thing. There's only two teams playing in the NBA right now because it's the finals. The MLB, it's like the middle of the season, so I guess that makes sense. Well, the finals will be over, but I mean. Baseball is an inferior sport. Let's just yeah, say, yeah, let's yeah, just call yeah. it what it is. Yeah. But that's not even that's not even the stuff I'm excited for. Like you have to understand, and we may have addressed this on the show before because last year there was supposed to be an Olympics, which didn't happen. But listen, they got Olympic. I mean, you could watch people on surfboards. You could watch people windsurf. You could watch 
people uh they, oh that's the winter one where they ski and then they shoot <laughs> that's yeah that's it's, it's I, I don't even know it's i don't it's I called just like the biathlon i think who put this together okay so I they're know. gonna ski and then they're gonna i don't know fire a rifle it, like i what? just love that it's called the biathlon it's like we have two sports that we put together okay well what are the two sports uh skiing and um let's do shooting it's just so <laughs> <Yeah>. random it's <laughs> like they were probably like, whatever, we need something else. Why not? It's just such two polar opposites. It's like, okay, we're yeah. going to do the pole vault and um, figure skating. <laughs> Go. <laughs> yeah. Is um, the, so this is the Summer Olympics. This is summer. So is and summer s- the one with speed walking? It, sh- it sure is, Gabe. Oh, it sure yes, is. <laughs> this year, tune in, get that, <laughs> get that Peacock <laughs> subscription ready, because on NBC... You yep. will be able to watch people walking, people cheering while they walk. It's beautiful. You're going to watch people walking and then get a gold medal for walking. And I can't get a text back. Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? And here's the thing. Yeah, I am going to watch that. In fact, I would uh, clear a schedule to watch that. <laughs> the Olympics so, will start. This episode is dropping on Thursday. So the Olympics will start tomorrow. Tomorrow. Very uh, Friday. excited. July 23rd through August 8th. So for those two weeks, people, listen, because because here's the thing. What what everybody knows about the Olympics is at night, like in the like the prime time, there's gonna be primetime events. So obviously you can watch swimming and diving and all that stuff. And right. that's great. You should watch it. I will watch it. Everyone should watch it. But I need you to turn your TV on if you happen to be in your house around like 2 p.m. or 9 a.m. on like a Tuesday or Thursday, like a yeah. weird time when there's nothing else on TV. And whatever you find there, I promise you, will be worth your time. Give it give it five minutes. Like, you think this it's, water polo match between Australia and New Zealand isn't going to be worth it, but I promise you, five minutes in, you're going to be hyped. Pick a team and get into it. Look, I did it for Formula One, and I'm a, I wake up early to watch Formula One races now. So, it's actually quite shocking. I know. So that's <laughs> all it takes. All you need is some skin in the game. That's all you need. And all of a sudden, you'll be like super into even, it. You don't even have to root for USA. Don't. We encourage yeah. you not to. You think I care about the Phoenix Suns or the Milwaukee Bucks? No. But have I watched every every game of that entire? Well, well, yes, now, I wait have. A minute. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> that's I a whole other conversation. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, just pick a dog in the fight and roll with it. And roll with it's it. It's okay. Yeah. Now, the next Summer Olympics will be in Paris. The ones after that in 2028. Connecticut. Los Angeles, California, (laughs) baby. (laughs) Yes, Michael. (laughs) Exclamation point. To the Coliseum. Can you imagine if the Olympics were like, we're coming to Connecticut. Everyone would be like, what the fuck? Fuck. <laughs> Boston tried. And if they were they in Boston, try. they'd be real close yeah. to Connecticut. But You'd have to they go, lost Steven. they lost LA one. They will be in LA in two thousand twenty eight. Right now they're in Tokyo. Tokyo. And Tokyo. the next winter ones are in Beijing, I believe. And then the winter ones after that are in Italy. It's some combination of like Ooh. Milan and um, some other city that Ooh. I don't. Should we quickly talk about the uh, the housing arrangement for all these athletes and how they bone all the time? Well, <laughs> well here's the thing. They're not doing it this year, though. Oh, that like, sucks. This year because of COVID, because this is going to be. Let's, let's just prepare everyone now. Let's just call it what it is. 
It sucks, but this is going to be a massive super spreader event. It's it probably shouldn't happen, but that's Whatever. that's neither here nor there. Um, this for the first time ever this year. For the first time, they got to find will, their own housing. They will not be handing out condoms in Olympic Village. <laughs> that is real. All these super jacked athletes live together, yes. and apparently, they just bone like crazy. It's a big party, but this year they have to show up like they can only show up like a day or two before their event. They have to leave when their event's done. They can't yeah, like leave. That they, like it's a whole thing. Um, but yeah, normally they just got bowls and bowls of just rubber all over the place. And this year they will not have that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious to think like, I remember when we, I, I believe it was you who cracked that code of just like finding out that information. And oh, the I Olympi- dug deep the, on the that Olympics so many have times. Just, like, never been the same to me because I'm just <laughs> you have like, no idea. I'm I like, you guys it. are going at it right now. I need, <laughs> I need I need a deep dive. Like honestly, a documentary would be great. Yeah. I have done all the research I can, um, but yeah, I didn't know this conversation was going to go there. Neither but, did I. We've been yeah, drinking. I haven't had a lot to eat to eat today. I'm you know I'm they just feeling that down in Olympic Village, but not this year. We have to go. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for sticking with us through a slightly delirious but really enjoyable episode. Joy Hound Beer Company. What can Once we say? Again. We love you guys. Uh, we're very excited for the space. Get your hands on these OG beers. They are so good, and they are the originals. Support. Do yeah. it up. We love you guys. Drink good beer. Say something nice. Love each other. Sons and Seven. <laughs>